All right, everybody. Today we have Michael Litt, who is the CEO of Vidyard. I didn't do that. Neither did Mike. So. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. We're broadcasting live. I apologize. There's a little background noise, but trust me, we're the real. We are the real audience. I mean, we're the real like speakers real right now. It's the real deal. Yeah. We even have Florian in the audience as well. Welcome, Florian. Um, but anyway, so Mike, if you can give us a little background on kind of who you are and what Vidyard does, that'd be a good starting point. Yeah, for sure. My name is Michael Litz. I'm a Canadian. I was born in Canada. I work in Canada. Vidyard is a video platform for business. So we help companies market, sell, and support their customers using video. About 300 people. Uh, we're located in Waterloo, Ontario, right beside the University of Waterloo, Vancouver, Boston, and we have a small team in Shoreditch, so we're starting to expand globally. Right. We've raised about $70 million. We're venture-backed, Bessemer, Battery, uh, Softech VC, Salesforce Ventures, the usual crew. And basically, our mission is to help businesses succeed through the use of video. So marketing teams are trying to use video to tell stories to their customers. Sales teams are trying to break through the noise and do a prospecting. Video is a great way of doing that. Support teams are trying to explain how to use the product and service, and so video can help them do that. So our, our tools are designed to help companies do that. We started as a video production agency, and I was working in Silicon Valley at a company called Cypress Semiconductor. Yeah. My co-founder, Devin, flew out with me to drive back to Waterloo, and uh, it was a three-day drive. And after like the first three hours, we ran out of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And so we started talking about business ideas and opportunities. <laughs> because and you had nothing else to talk about. Yeah, I was just, you know, we're, we're super geeks. Yeah. Uh, We've been doing day trading together and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And so ultimately we realized every company we worked for, we'd help them uh, use video to explain their software in some manner or, another, manner or another. So we decided we could actually make videos for companies because we had the skill set. And we started a business called Redness Media. It was a video agency. Yeah. And then as we rolled that service out and we started working with more and more customers, the question was always, well, how do you put this video on our website? What's the recommended tool? YouTube was the answer. The limitation with YouTube is what happens at the end of a YouTube video, right? They show a bunch of other pieces of content. Yeah. If your competitors are smart, they make videos with the exact same name as your video. It shows up show on up, your yeah. website. And YouTube's model is to get you there and keep you there. And then like day becomes night, you got like this cold sweat on, you're watching dog running skateboards, you've like gone down the YouTube rabbit hole, and that's what their business model is, is to keep you there. So yep. we started building technology just to solve that problem of helping our customers own the video experience. And one thing led to another, and we realized we have a way bigger opportunity to build the software, and we can work with video production agencies as our customers. We got funded by Y Combinator, yep. and uh, the rest is kind of history, but there's obviously a lot inside of that history, which we're probably going to talk about now. No, that, that's powerful, and the way you've condensed it, it's so concise, too, so there wasn't like really wordy history. So thank you for that, first yeah, and foremost. Yeah, yeah, yeah no worries. Uh, it felt like that took like half an hour. So no, no, you're, you're, you're good, man. We yeah. got all day here, anyway. Um, so for you guys, I mean, this is always an interesting conversation because a couple of people I've had on the podcast before, they've gone from agency and they always end up shutting the agency down and then they, you know, focus on, on the software. But my question is like, you know, if the, the video production company, video agency was doing well, why not just like hire a CEO and then like just go focus on the product? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we were seeing more and more competition inside of this video agency world and we knew that we could be kind of like the Switzerland of technologies that help these agencies succeed within yeah. their customer base. And so we didn't want to be seen as competitive and we didn't want to kind of split our focus. And even if I thought you know we could hire a CEO or somebody to run the agency side, at the end of the day it would still be a distraction. 
right? And, and as like the primary shareholder of that organization, I'd still have to be responsible for hiring and firing that CEO. So it just became right. like, look, if we're going to do this thing, we're going to yeah. build a tech company, 120% yeah. of my time and energy and life needs to go into this to make it successful because right. building a SaaS company is a grind. It takes it's a hard. long time. Yeah. It's slow to start. And so we really decided to kind of go nuclear, yeah. shut it down, move some of the clientele we had yeah. into partnering agencies and just yeah. focus on the tech. And how big was the video agency at the time? At the time, we were uh, approaching eight people, okay. and then about three contractors. So still pretty small, Got it. Uh, but it was profitable, and we were yeah. using the money that the agency was generating yeah. to fund the development of the technology. That's so funny, because that's literally, I'm like, you know, agency is such a good cash flow business. You know, we work with a ton of SaaS companies. We, I basically cash flow, you know, the other projects we work on using the agency. But over and over, it's just, you know, the same thing I hear, it's just like, why don't you just focus, right? I'm like, yeah. but, you know, you can hire a CEO, but the, what you're saying, your argument is, Look, even if you dedicate five to ten percent of your mind share towards it, it's still a distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we looked at the agency business as something that could scale with additional heads, mm -hmm. right? We looked at the SaaS company as something that could achieve nearly unlimited scale with yeah. a smaller subset of people, yeah, and have broader global impact. Right. And you know, the, the saying is almost true. I think more people in your business generally starts to create more problems, right? right. And you start becoming a leader that doesn't necessarily just focus on a product and solving a problem. Mm -hmm. Now you're focused on, on on building a business with people right. as yeah. the variable instead right. of zeros and ones right. as a variable in code. And hard people are way more unpredictable and it's hard yeah. to scale. So we just talked to a bunch of people that try to do both. And again, they were like, look, if you're going to go for the goal and, uh -huh. and try to build a billion dollar company in yeah. some category and you think the time is now, mm -hmm. just go and do that because you can always go back to the agency mm -hmm. at another part in your life. Right, and by the way, for because for, uh, I know there's agency people that listen to this, it's it's like when you are an agency, you're focused on A, marketing yourself, but then you have to focus on doing the work for like 10, 20 other clients or so. Again, you're like you're like in 20 different directions, right? So I think that lack of focus is huge. Um, so Vidyard right now, how are you guys doing today? You said you have 300 people or so. What kind of numbers can you reveal around uh, revenues, growth rates, whatever, just whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, in the trailing 12-month period, we hired well over 100 people. Um, we're north of 1,000 customers. On the GoVideo side, it's kind of a new effort for us. So GoVideo is a free Chrome plugin. It's mm -hmm. also um, what powers HubSpot Video. Mm -hmm. So they released an OEM of that product inside of Sales Hub and Service Hub just in September. Mm -hmm. There's tens of thousands of users on that product now as well. So that product has uh, approaching a million users globally mm -hmm. that are using video to communicate the sales process, communicate internally, and ultimately to support their clients. Um, and the growth of that side of the business has been massive. It's only been around for about a year and a half. Right. And so really what we're trying to do now is organize our business into these kind of buckets that sell to multiple segments with multiple products, right? Because again, we sell to marketing teams, we sell to sales teams, mm -hmm. and we sell to support teams. The sales and support teams use a very similar product because mm -hmm. it's seat-based, the same segments use the same product as well. So we can sell to a business um, and work with a business that has less than 50 employees all the way to a business that's doing $10 billion plus in revenue. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the effort right now is just optimizing the coverage of that product and optimizing our effectiveness at scale without continuously spending more and more and more money on scaling because efficiency becomes the most desirable thing at a, at a certain point in your life. So right now I'm thinking about, you know, as we approach 300 people, how do we, you know, double if not triple everyone's productivity inside of that business um, while maintaining the same growth rate, which has been aggressive. Great. And, and so for, for you guys, what are some... It, it, 
example use cases, because the way I understand Vidyard, I've looked in the past, I've gotten emails from people, and it's like, it's, it shows a, it's like a video, and it also shows my name, right? It's like, hi, Eric, and it's like, hi, Mike, for example. Um, that's how I understood Vidyard, and you can feel free to go into that, but I'm just curious, like, how are most people using it? Yeah, for sure. So in terms of, of user penetration, it's absolutely on, on this Go Video side, right? Uh -huh. So the way Go Video works is, is you install the Chrome app, it's free, video.com slash Go Video, and it sits inside your browser, it sits inside of Gmail. Mm -hmm. So instead of writing an email, you're actually able to do either a quick webcam recording, mm -hmm. so sit in front of your computer, got a whiteboard, write Eric's name on it, hey Eric, how's it going? You're probably gonna click that, if you're like, wow, this person's like sitting in my inbox, they mm -hmm. obviously thought of me, what do they have to say to me? We see a lot of people being like, hey Eric, you're an agency owner, I know that you're worried about X. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh my God, I'm actually worried about that, what's yeah. this person gonna say? And the way to use it, which is actually the way most people use it, is, is to do a screen recording, mm -hmm. right? So do a quick uh, Google presentation, um, do a quick PowerPoint, uh, show somebody what's wrong with their website, help somebody solve a problem with your technology. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we have the most users and kind of the most growth of adoption and like growing the Vidyard brand mm -hmm. as uh, a number of users as an end. Um, on the marketing side, we have a platform that helps a marketer own all of their content. Mm -hmm. And so it's essentially a hub where all your content sits, allows you to analyze the performance of said content if your sales team and support team starts using it, the platform tells you that and gives you insights and advice on how videos are being used across your funnel. And then you can integrate that product into your CRM or integrate in your marketing automation system. So at the customer level on the contact record, you can see exactly which videos are watching for how long. And when it comes to selling and marketing and supporting, you know, a lot of companies use emails, they use white papers. The problem with those two products is when someone clicks a link in an email, yeah, they click that link, but did they actually read the content of Destination? You don't know that. Mm -hmm. Somebody downloads a white paper, it's the same story. But you can tell if somebody watches a video and you can actually see second by second what they consume. And so by inferring what your audience is doing, uh, using this thing we call digital body language, right, which is their attention span of the video, you can infer so much more about what they're doing when you're not talking to them, mm -hmm. which makes it easier to sell to them, to support them, and to market them. So it's kind of a complete video solution and starts to function as a video system of record mm -hmm. uh, for businesses at scale. Got it. And j just clarification point, uh, if I have a whiteboard, my understanding, I could be totally wrong, is Vidyard would actually put in like, hi Eric, or whatever, I can like type it in and it just appears as real text. Is that yeah. true or false? So that's our video personalization product. Got it. That's kind of in the premium category of our SKUs. How there's, much is that? Uh, there's a new product, well it starts at $10,000 a okay. year, so okay. it's, it's not still not that expensive I think for what it does. Yeah. Um, you know, you pen that to, to one deal for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. We also have this new product called real-time personalization. And the way that works is, okay, so you see this video in your inbox, you click the link, you go to the company's website, we know it's Eric, every single video on that website is now customized for you wow. in real time as you arrive there. It's kind of okay. like this minority report experience, right? Yeah. Because hyper-personalization is the future. Human beings have this like limbic trigger where they want to feel like uh, individuals, they yeah. want to feel supported, they don't want to feel like a number, and most companies are doing spray and pay, pray marketing messaging where they're yeah. clicking a button and sending out 10,000 emails and hoping that like five people respond. Right. That's not the way you market, that's not the way you build relationships, that's not the way you connect with Generation Z's or Z's, yep. as we call Zs. them in Canada yeah. and Europe, um, because they're used to having these personal communication experiences with their friends, with their peers, and with consumer brands, and mm -hmm. so we're helping businesses do that same thing. Great, and so, you know, the, for the 
I mean, entrepreneurs and marketers, we all like numbers, right? So kind of what is the difference between, you know, Vidyard videos that are personalized versus like typical emails, like open rates or conversion rates, anything you can share? Yeah, so we, we generally see a four to eight X. So like massive order of magnitude uh -huh. uh, in terms of uh, click-through rate when personalized video and when, you know, one-to-one -one video yeah. is using email messages. And I mean, it's amazing results. I was just over at HubSpot. We did a fireside chat. That team has increased their meeting bookings using outbound one-to-one -one video by 4x across the entire organization. They got about 650 users. Wow. And so they're so much more efficient, meaning they can either grow faster or spend their time doing other things. They choose to grow faster. Right. Um, Sales Hacker is a really great resource. Yep. Just launched uh, a report which is called How Modern Buyers Buy. Mm -hmm. And they looked at the preferred media channel for executives and for salespeople. And the number one preferred media channel for salespeople is one to one video. It's at 23% of the surveyed audience said, yeah, one to one video. The next most popular media channel is webinars. Yep. So 43% of respondents preferred video to any other form of communication, beating out LinkedIn, beating out traditional email. Mm -hmm. And so there's obviously something to this technology and the way it works. And again, I think it's just in this world of automation where it's so easy to contact hundreds of thousands of people, we as humans, again, we crave this like actual connection with someone mm -hmm. who's like done the work to build something specifically for me, and that's what you get out of one-on-one -on -one video. That's powerful. So how do people know, they still have to read the email headline first, right? So how do people know that's a personalized thing? It's just like, hey Mike, uh, I just made this personal email for you. Like, how do they know? Yeah, so there's a lot of hacks with respect to subject lines we've seen. Yeah. Uh, one of the, you know, the, the best kept secrets in subject line hacking uh, is animated GIFs. Okay. You know, I think, I think GIFs are a very underrated form of communication in the business. Mm -hmm. Again, back to Gen Zs and Millennials, like we use this stuff all the time in our personal mm -hmm. space and you can mm -hmm. say a lot with an emoji, yeah. um, and so responses are generally pretty high. We see this people, is the subject line. This is the subject line, okay, right? Yeah, because you can't, you can't like embed a video in a subject line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing is say like, hey, I recorded a video for you, or, mm -hmm. or just getting really hyper custom, right? Because when you're producing this video for someone, it takes a bit of time. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just a generic message. And so let's say I'm contacting a VP marketing, and I know that VP marketing is probably concerned about efficiency of spend. On marketing channels and like actually understanding ROI, you'd be like, "Hey, I recorded a video for you, or I made you a video that talks about your marketing efficiency." Mm -hmm. Somebody's probably going to be like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." Yeah. They'll click it, and then once they click it, they mm -hmm. see somebody sitting there yeah. with the PowerPoint that have like says, "Hey, hey, David, I made you this video that talks about marketing efficiency," yeah. or the whiteboard, or the personalized message. You're going to watch that, right? Because somebody mm -hmm. was sitting there thinking about you, clearly understanding your problem. You can give them the time of day, mm -hmm. and that's what results in these meeting bookings and, and these uh, subsequent conversations. Great, so I, I want to kind of talk about, I mean, one of the passion points you're, you're mentioning is just kind of the, the future of work, and even before that, you're talking about Gen Z. So tell me more yeah. about the Gen Zs first, I guess, and kind of what you're working on around there, what your thoughts are. Yeah, 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 so there's uh, 63 million Gen Zs in the United States. I don't think they're all in the United States, it's just only the data I can find. Mm -hmm. uh, and by 2020, 20% of the workforce is going to be Generation Z. Mm -hmm. Gen Z, Gen Z and it's gonna become a stronger proponent of the workforce than ever. We hire Gen Zs and Gen Zs in kind of our outbound and inbound sales roles, right? Junior roles inside the organization. And one of the crazy things I noticed about this audience and this demographic specifically, born in 1995 plus, is that they don't use email. 
they don't know how to use email, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah. To them, email is like the fax machine was to me, and I'm a millennial. Wow. How right? old are you? I'm 32. No, no, me too. 1986, yeah. 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 So the reason being is like in their personal interactions, I was emailing with friends. Yeah. You know, I was IMing with friends. They're not emailing. They're yeah. using Snapchat. They're using Instagram. They're using Facebook Messenger. They're using WhatsApp. It's crazy. And so we have to teach them like professional email etiquette. And so then we realized like, why are we actually doing this? Because they have this method of communication, which is emotional, it's visual, it's using GIFs, it's using images, it's using video. Let's just like support that and see what happens. Instead of trying to change their behavior. Yeah. And so yeah. one of them was continuously sending out videos and it was really, really productive. And so her name was Holly. And what she'd do is she'd use QuickTime to record a webcam video. She'd upload it to Vidyard. She'd like click grab the thumbnail, grab it off her desktop, dump it into an email, hyperlink the thumbnail to a, a landing page, yeah. um, and then go to our insights tab in the analytics service and watch that counter go from zero to one. Yeah. And when that person watched that video, she'd follow up and she yeah. was having great results. So we were like, wow, we could actually build that into a product which became Go Video. So once we started listening to and engaging in what the Generation Z was doing at work and how they wanted to work and how they communicated, yeah. we weren't stuffing them into this box of like professional communication, wearing ties and stuff like that. Yeah. They're really productive. Yeah. And you know, this is hitting all sorts of industries, right? The, the finance industry has a really interesting problem right now because boomers are divesting their assets. Mm -hmm. They're like spending their money. And if, if your parents are like my parents, they're like, hey man, I'm not giving you anything. I'm not taking it to the grave with me. Uh, so I'm gonna spend this because I'm gonna enjoy my life just like you're enjoying your life, right? Yep, yep. And millennials and Gen Zs are like all about experiences. Like they're not saving money. So the banks are kind of in this dire position where they're like most robust customer base is divesting and the next generation isn't putting any money into them at all. And so what are they doing? They're using video to actually communicate. So Santander, the great yeah. Spanish bank, yeah. uh, actually won a film festival award for creating a really dynamic like 12 minute short film about the future of banking. And so industries are becoming way more informal in the way they do things, right? I go see a bank, I don't wear a suit tie. I probably wear something fairly similar to this, which is yeah. way too formal for an event like this, but yeah. it just came from a bank. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, the Gen Z is, is this like secret to the way we're gonna work in the future. And we have to really start integrating ourselves into the way they think, the way they work, the way they wanna work, yeah. uh, to, because they're gonna be our future customers as well. Interesting, okay. And, and so, I mean, talking about the future of work a little bit, what else kind of has picked your interest right now in regards to that subject? Yeah, yeah, this, this one is uh, a real passion of mine. We have constantly run out of office space. So we are on our eighth office space. We're looking at our ninth right now. It's a frustration. It costs so much money to, to house people and to, to give them benefits and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so I think a lot about the augmented workplace, right? Where if you were able to actually exist in a physical space like this wearing a VR headset, I could be sitting in Waterloo, you could be sitting in LA, we could be physically rendered and represented and have this conversation with visual reactions and all this amazing stuff, but not have to travel anywhere in the world, right? So as it relates to work, you could build an infinitely scalable workplace yep. and people could work in that workplace from anywhere yep. in the world, right? Yeah. If you wanted to hire somebody in Japan who only speaks Japanese but is a very skilled developer, the system could also automatically translate, translate everything yeah. they say, right? Yeah. 
So persons with disabilities, persons who speak different languages, it's amazing. And so if people then don't need to be in physical co-location spaces, why would you live in a big city, right? Right? So you could live anywhere in the world, which has a massive impact on the food industry, the transportation industry, all the congestion issues we have in big cities would start to go away. Because I would go live somewhere in Switzerland, right? In the mountains. And I'd totally. breathe all that sweet, fresh yeah. air. And you could be garden. wearing boxers, have it render clothes for you too. Yeah, know? actually, funny story. One of our very first customers was a company called Webcamware. Yeah. And it was like this, uh, you'd send them a suit jacket, a tie, and a shirt, and they yeah. would sew you a bib. And you could like, <laughs> you could be sitting around topless, yeah. coming out of the ocean at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Just having a surf, riding your lime scooter yeah. into the into the workplace, <laughs> and then you attach this this bib behind your neck, and uh, and it looks like you're now you know in this like formal attire. Right? Yeah. So I mean, people have been thinking about this for a long time, but yeah. I I think there's just so many interesting things there. Facebook's working on it with Oculus, obviously, and they have a platform called Allspace, which is starting to capture some of these unique experiences. Yeah. Um, but again, like. You know, we, we build a 30, 40,000 square foot space. It costs us a million and a half, two million dollars to retrofit that space. You know, 200 employees, let's say, if you gave every single one of them a thousand dollar VR headset to create this experience, it's like a fraction of the cost of building a space. And when you run out of meeting space to stuff everybody into, you just expand the walls, right? So you have like a 3D architect on staff that can just design the most beautiful VR workplaces in the world. God, whoever uh, does the VR workplaces are going to be crushing it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, I think it's yeah. amazing. I think it's going to change the way we work and communicate. Because then again, like as we automate every single process that human beings do, right? Data yeah. entry and CRM, yeah. uh, the way we communicate, the way we nurture, like AI is, is really becoming this big proponent. What's left for humans, right? If you're fatalistic, absolutely nothing. The cyborgs are going to take over, they're going to cut off our supply chains and we're going to die because yeah. we're rotting the planet. But if you're optimistic, you know, what's left is for us to be humans, right? Humans are going to create these interactions and do these personal things and smile at each other and trigger that living response. And uh, are we going to see that in a lifetime? Probably, right? Like, I think the technology's there and the way it's, it's moving and developing is, is, is at an incredible rate. So I, uh, I think it's, we're, it's a very exciting time to be alive. Great, I agree. We're probably going to live longer too. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, Ray Kurzweil uh, told me that Ray I was going to live to be 300 years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, if I need to become a robot too, I'll do it. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's great to live. Um, so for you guys, kind of going back to, to Vidyard for a little bit, it's what's working for you guys nowadays in terms of customer acquisition? So Vidyard's obviously working, right? Open yeah. rates are great. But what else are you guys doing that's really helping push awareness? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess there's two parts, right? There's pushing awareness and then how we transact. On the how we transact side, absolutely, GoVideo is like core to what we do. Uh, and it, you know, we are our own best customer use case, which is an amazing thing about ABC of video, and we get the feedback from the team. Another thing that's really amazing is chat, live chat, right? So when people are interested in buying and they've done the research already, they don't want to come in, click a button, submit yeah. their information, have a quick conversation with VDR, yeah. get punted two weeks out to book a meeting with an AE and a demo. They just want to buy the software and start using it. And so reducing that time frame between the conversation and the sale is what is what chat really does for us. And using chat bots, stuff cool. like Drift. Um, really helps us manage those conversations. Yeah. Uh, Intercom <laughs> is uh, our sponsors of the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, really great technology there as well. Yeah. On the awareness front, like in today's world, it's really just about like big, impactful brand things, thought leadership, right? Um, coming to events like SaaS Talk and talking about the future of work. I'm going to talk about the Generation Z impact uh, in an hour or so here. Um, that type of stuff really gets people thinking 
and it helps them connect to what you're doing on this like limbic and cerebral level because we live in a world where the MarTech landscape has 7,000 companies. And when we started, there was 150, and every single one of these companies sells the same thing, right? More pipeline, faster close rates, better connections with your customers. And so how do you stand above that? You have to be a thought leader. The third one is channels. Um, so we work with agencies. We have a really robust agency program yeah. where we help them understand our technology. And of course, they can add a bunch of value-added services to implementing a product like Vidyard um, that makes them money yep. and helps their customers be more successful. Same thing goes for product integrations, right? So yep. I mentioned that we have OEM'd into HubSpot. So uh, we are available for free in Marketing Hub Sales Hub and Service Hub. And there's an upsell path for us, so it is revenue generating. But again, it's all about expanding that end for us and getting more users. The last one is when someone uses GoVideo and they send it to someone else, they're always, generally they're like, hey, that was really cool. How do you do that? But the link that, that the video comes in is a video I branded page, and they can go and install the application and respond to it as well. So it's a bit of a K factor in yeah. the product. Got it. So yeah, we've got all sorts of channels. We're always looking to optimize them now. Yeah. And of course, we can always be doing a better job. Cool. Just working towards wrapping up here, a couple more questions. Uh, I'm curious because this is similar to for our, uh, it's top of mind for me right now. How are you sourcing all your how did you start your agency program? How did you source all the, the, the agencies in the first place? Yeah, it's a great question. So we are our number one source of inbound leads is agencies. Mm -hmm. Because I think what's happening is the world is trying to figure out how to do stuff with video. Um, you know, sales hackers releasing this data, Cisco saying that by 2020, 80% of all internet traffic is going to be video. So people are like, okay, video is a thing. We get it. How do we actually do it? And so they talk to their agency, and their agency is like, wow, we better talk to Vidyard. So they come in them. So for the longest time, they were just selling them like they were customers. Yeah. Now we're like, okay, we've got resources to support you. We can do co-sell, we can do wholesale stuff. Yeah. Um, I was in London last week, spending a bunch of time with with kind of HubSpot SIs. And so the HubSpot London user group um, was founded and, and is powered by a group called White Hat SEO. They're right in London. Uh, Hubdo is involved as well. I'm going back to Oxford. I just spent some time with BabelQuest at the end of this week for an event they have called Revenue Summit. And it's just about, again, establishing ourselves as thought leaders in this ability to help customers succeed with video. And of course, the agencies provide this value added service around it. And how did you source these agencies? Like, how did, did you go to agency conferences? Did you like make a lead list? Like, what was it? They're coming to us. You know, for now, in the very beginning, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the very beginning, uh, in the very beginning, it was part of our outbound sales method. So, yes, good question. So, when we were starting, I would split my day. I would do twenty percent agency outreach and eighty percent direct. And that agency outreach would be like, "Hey, we're Vidyard. This is what we do. I think you can resell us. And here's an example of the type of services from video production down to integration and implementation of other systems that you can provide on our behalf. Um, and that's what got the wheel turning." Oh, I love that. That's so. What what kind of uh, what kind of cut does the agency get? I actually don't know the the, the program yeah. um, off the top of my head, but yeah, on, on a co-sell arrangement, there's obviously a yeah. percentage, which then gives the agency recurring revenue, yeah. which is really sweet because yeah. now they have this recurring bucket that they can invest in growth and marketing and other things. And then again, there's the value-added services. Yep. And so for personalization, for instance, is a really good one because it's not a it's not an easy product to use, right? Mm -hmm. There has to be some custom work. The video has to be built uh, with personalization in mind. You have to do some frame-by-frame work on the agency side. And so there's hours that can be booked. And then, of course, you integrate that product into your CRM, into your marketing automation system. So agencies are doing some of that work for us. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that on ongoing retainers to maintain Got it. our campaigns. So it's like white-labeled. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we in a lot of those cases, it's actually black label. Like the customer knows they're using Vidyar, yeah. but the agency's just helping them deploy. Got it. Cool. Well, Michael, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online? Yeah, so you can email me. Uh, email is michael at vidyar.com. On Twitter, on Michael Litt. On Instagram, on Michael Litt. On LinkedIn, on Michael Litt. <laughs> uh, I look like this. And, there you go. Uh, I'd be happy to connect anytime. Cool. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, chat soon. Thank <laughs> you.